G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. From time to time, we'll talk about pro-life issues in relation to the issue of abortion. It's often the case that messages come to me asking about support for women who've experienced a surprise, unexpected pregnancy. Some insight today from one of those wonderful organisations there to help and encouraging the creation of little hubs of love. Lara Malin Winyard is president of Pregnancy Help Australia. Lara, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for having me. Now, Lara, you personally experienced your own surprise pregnancy, so you're way ahead of where people might be with their needs right now. Yes, um, and you know, that's the beautiful thing about the Lord is that, you know, you have your history and you're not aware at the time of what God will do with that history. And I would never have um, thought that, you know, years later, 12 years later, I would be asked to work in a pregnancy centre and um, how much that lived experience would come into my future um, path in ministry. So, yeah, that's where my um, where I began, I suppose, all the way back then in 1999. Um, and then in 2012, I found myself working in a pregnancy centre. Well, Lara, thank you for sharing that. It is very personal. And I know that in the centres that you have now, in 31 different centres around Australia, uh, mm-hmm. People are receiving what you might even call like an unconditional love. Women experiencing something they're not necessarily expecting. Uh, how do you describe the way that you're embracing women around the nation? Yeah, well, exactly as you said. So, of course, we don't use the term to the women, but for a Christian audience, you know, you understand the term agape love. And that's exactly what it is. It's unconditional. It's self-sacrificing. It's non-judgmental. Um, and, and it's there for you. It's 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 going to continue to be there for you regardless of, of your situation and your choices going forward. So when these women are calling, often they're not even thinking about their moral stance on abortion. They're actually dealing with a very disruptive life change. And so in that, um, they, they've got a lot of fears, you know, fear of the unknown. Um, and so when they come to the centre and they have that opportunity to sit with someone and just pour out their hearts, that's where the opportunity lays for them to go, okay, what is my choice going forward? And actually, I do have choices going forward because some of them, uh, believe it or not, really do believe that their only option is a termination. Um, and of course, we know that, you know, with support, that's... Um, they definitely have the they have the opportunity to choose to continue their pregnancy. You say that women suffer dreadful fear. I think I saw on your website uh, the description: 
sheer panic and terror when the pregnancy test is positive. A very mm-hmm. hard, a very scary, a lonely nine months for some women. So to have a little hub of love in your neighbourhood is that's like a miracle, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And and I think that's where the passion personally for me is when I went through that experience. I didn't know that pregnancy centres existed. I didn't have one of these hubs of love to call on. Um, and, you know, I just know the difference it would have made because it is a very lonely time. And often the people around you, your friends, your family, they're in shock and they're trying to deal with it. So, they're not exactly able to offer you that kind of impartial support. Um, and and that's where another bit of the fear comes in. It's this fear of the possibility of losing relationships. There's an insecurity there because everyone, it's a bombshell for everyone. It wasn't your plan. Uh, so, you know, when you talk at what we call, there's a bit of a nickname, the, the little hubs of love, and it's a beautiful concept. But really at these centres, it is all love in action. So we may not even mention Jesus, but all of our actions are coming through Jesus. So as soon as they enter, there's this hospitality, this warmth, um, and then this opportunity to sit and share, to receive or to be heard. So it's not really even counting because they're being listened to. And then once they've been listened to and they've articulated all their fears, that's when the support worker can come back and and speak into that, um, yeah, and and just give them reassurance about how the possibilities of how the future could look. Pregnancy Help Australia, a wonderful Christian foundation, and uh, you've got this interdenominationalness about you, and a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know you describe it like being a branch of the church, but it's interesting, isn't it? And I'll get your thoughts here because there are some people in the community that assume that seeking help mm-hmm. with a Christian organisation is somehow going to be met with condemnation, but it couldn't be further from the mm-hmm. truth. No, it couldn't be further from the truth. And, and that's the thing, um, you know, there's always been attack and typically from the pro-choice side. And often there's a mis-education around who centres are. And as you can see, like in the US, there's actually a lot of attack happening um, in in the wake of roving, overturned. Um, and, and they're attacking the centres, but if they actually got to know what pregnancy centres do, they are there to help and support women. And and this is what, you know, we are here as well. And um, it's certainly, even though our foundations, our identity is Christian, our um, outward support is for everyone of every race, of every creed, of every colour. Um, you know, it's, it's for anyone. And so we meet people where they're at and we don't proselytize. We meet them and we listen to them. And yeah, it, it doesn't come into the conversation. It's just a compassionate outreach of love and support. And they're definitely not pressured. So the people that work in these centers are well trained in how to be impartial, but also how to bring the light of the truth so that every woman um, has the information to make um, a, a confident decision, an informed decision, because predominantly that's the issue 
um, many women are making decisions and later on feeling that they didn't have all the information. Lara, you're into 31 centres around Australia and I know it's a big vision. You would love to see a pregnancy help centre in every neighbourhood in Australia. So uh, we're talking today with people who are in capital cities, in regional cities, town centres and even outback communities. Uh, No community too large or too small for one of your (laughs) centres? No, uh, and the whole reason for that vision is access. So, you know, uh, we know for the most vulnerable, uh, whether that's teen, migrant women, women, Aboriginal women, and indeed any woman who's going through a crisis or a financial change or relationship change, makes a big difference if you've got somewhere local. Uh, It's not going to break the bank getting there, or maybe if you don't have a car, you don't have to catch you know, two buses and a train, or maybe you've got kids in tow, you know, and if you're already feeling depressed, sometimes it's really hard to just get up and go on a long journey. It's going to take you an hour or more. So um, that's that's the whole vision of having somewhere local because that local community is so important and especially once baby is born, there's no point if we can't continue with the care that mother, that father, they need an ongoing community in order to thrive as a family after going through a difficult pregnancy. Do you find that most of your staff and volunteers come a little bit with your story? They've been through this experience (laughs) and now they're bringing their love and support to others who are going through this. Is this the way it tends to work, a a way that you can Um, sort of self-perpetuate? Yeah, I think many of the volunteers often come with their own personal story. It may not be an unplanned pregnancy. Maybe they have known someone. Um, Maybe it's an abortion experience. Um, It just depends, but all of them have been called in one way or another by the Lord to stand up and make a difference in this area and um, it's just something that they're so passionate about um, giving service to this area that uh, they can't can't say no. (laughs) Um, I think that makes for you and possibly your listeners, you know, when you're asked to do something and you just, you have to do it. (laughs) You have to do it. You have to say yes. You mentioned uh, just a few moments ago uh, Aboriginal, teenage and migrant women and really talking about them because they're particularly vulnerable and particularly perhaps uh, not knowing where to find help when the unexpected happens. Uh, Being a long distance away, this is why you need more centres, a centre that's within reach of everyone in the communities around Australia. Exactly. Um, Access is the most important thing and community and social support is so powerful in preventing um, mental health um, and, you know, prevent even, you know, our suicide rates are huge and there's a lot of research showing just the impact of social support. So our centres are not medical centres, though we are getting some that are going to be a hybrid model that are in development. But predominantly, these are social support centres and I want your listeners to know that if they're inspired to do something, 
um, you don't have to come with um, a formal qualification in counselling. You may have formal professional qualifications and that's great, but if you don't, there's rigorous training that you undertake when you want to volunteer in this position. Um, and I know your initial question was more geared around that access, but I think mentioning this is important because this is why we probably don't have that many centres because people don't feel equipped to actually start one. And and that's where we come in as a national body as well, as a as a, an umbrella organisation. We have a... a a big goal in that side of things to help people to start the centre, to become equipped and to receive the training so that they feel confident in providing this service. I was going to say, can a local church set up this sort of centre? But even as I hear your heartbeat here, it's like uh, get a combination of churches in your community together to set up this sort of centre. Is that the way some of these centres have already begun? Yeah, there's actually a number of centres that operate as projects under um, a church. Um, they may not be on site. It might be a separate building, and it usually is a separate off-site off-site building. And that's, you know, there's there's a specific model to that, um, and it's good to, to to speak to someone to to learn the best way of um, governance in that structure. Um, but then there's also, you know, many branches that have just stepped out on their own. They all they all come. They're members of maybe different churches. They get together and then they um, go through the process of registering themselves as a charity. And you know, it is a, a year or two um, process to get that um, complete. But um, Yes, many people are working on it and they're excited and, and achieving that. And so when you said at the start we've got 31 centres, so in 2020 we had 19 affiliated centres. Um, and then since then, you know, less than two years, we've had this huge growth where now we've got 28 operational centres and then the remaining are start-up centres in development so um, it's been wonderful to see an explosion of people uh, wanting to start a centre and, and getting them up and going. And you're encouraging people listening to our conversation today to take that next step. In fact, you've got a national conference that's coming up on the 10th of September. It'll be mm. a virtual conference. So listeners, yeah. wherever they might be in Australia, they could get the detail they need for getting this sort of centre, a little hub of love set up in their <laughs> own community. Uh, so the conference that's coming up, do you need to register for it? Yes, you can register. So if you go to our website, uh, pregnancyhelpaustralia.org.au um, and on the About tab, you'll go down and you'll see Events. So just click on the Events tab and you'll see, you know, the registration page. Um, so, yeah, there's about, um, I think there's around 20 workshops um, or presentations and we've got speakers, or international speakers and national speakers and there's a couple of um, presentation specifically focused on how to start a centre or people sharing their journey first year of opening their centre. So um, apart from those, it's very valuable. If you don't know much about the work and you want to come along, you'll get to just such a great um, specialised look into what it's all about, every facet of pregnancy support work.
PregnancyHelpAustralia.org.au. That's where you can find detail about that national mm-hmm. conference that's coming up on the 10th of September. Let me mention also, you've got a national directory line, 1300 139 313. That's a 1300 number, 1300 139 313. And that number will direct you to the closest. Pregnancy Help Australia Centre. So pregnancyhelpaustralia.org.au. Lara, Win- Lara Malin Winyard, thank you so much for your uh, update and sharing your heart with us today on 2020. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.